0: for joining us this is generation tech the podcast where two techies from two different generations talk about what's going on in the current tech environment i'm todd brinker i'm joined as always by my dad jack brinker how are you
1: today just fine todd just uh uh forgot to uh uh well i i hadn't told you uh last night we were over at uh Haley's, our daughter's, to house to mm-hmm. watching the Super Bowl game, and uh, she had some guests there, and I, I met a guy who works for Adobe. <laughs>
0: Adobe, so he's yeah. going to get you a good deal on on Adobe products.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we didn't talk about that, but anyway, he's out of he's out of Texas, uh huh, Dallas Fort Worth area,
0: and got lost in North Carolina, and just wandered in and said, "Can I watch the
1: Super Bowl here?" Well, his <laughs> wife is a sister to uh, Haley's best friend. Ah. And so uh, they they were out here for their son. Their, they have a son that lives uh, in the area also. Right. And, uh, I, I really enjoyed visiting with both the son mm. and the father, the father being with Adobe, and the son is a singer, is musical. Ah, all, hitting and they hit all of
0: your favorite things.
1: Yeah, so, so they came out for his performance.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And since he's in the area, I told him to let me know when he's performing again. And I'd like to go hear him. Yeah, but he he performs with the uh, Charlotte Symphony Orchestra and the Charlotte Choral Group, Uh, both you know top end stuff. Uh Uh, I just
0: discovered this weekend that I have a former swimmer who is living now in Charlotte and is finishing up her degree in nursing and plans to live there. Yeah. So, um she was a graduate of the high school that I coach at at Crean Lutheran High School. CIF champions five times. That's and true. uh and yeah, and she's um she actually was start of our uh twenty sixteen state championship t- team. So uh she was uh she and her sister both extremely good swimmers and she went off to University of Michigan and now she's in Charlotte. So
1: wow, big time. Yeah.
0: yeah. Actually out, out towards the lake somewhere is where she's been staying, so out towards Lake Norman so kind of in the north end kind of where you're at so yeah, yeah.
1: well anyway small uh, world i was uh, just talking uh,
0: talking with her sister and her mom this weekend and they told me where, what she was up to so
1: yeah That's so it's always cool. nice to be in touch with successful people you know you never know where they're going to go and you just keep encouraging them and...
0: yeah. yeah yeah you never know might get that anyway. free subscription to adobe um adobe uh, cloud products right so, you do so yeah. much. Uh, you do so much Photoshop work these days. It'd be, you know, pay off for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he says,
0: totally jokingly, knowing that I don't think you've even oh, ever opened Photoshop, other than maybe just to look at it years ago.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I know of the company because I know they're a leader in what they do, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, just have had no.
0: personal food for it yeah yeah i mean in 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 pixel manipulation and photo manipulation photoshop is the dominant product and adobe illustrator is the dominant um vector drawing program uh used by most creatives and then they also have one of the top uh audio uh management programs as well as one of the top video editors so um they're very much a media uh management
1: tools company yeah, I I was really kind of interested in the Illustrator program back when I was working. Mm-hmm. It's been on a long time, because it, yeah. it it's a it's got the kind kind of flexibility in drawing that engineers can use.
0: It does, it does, and it's it's uh, early on it had some a very quirky interface, which I think you can still like toggle a switch and use, but it was very like node oriented. You would click here and click there, and then a line would show up between the two, and then you would. You know you could then uh use handles to bend or turn or twist the line and then uh you know use multiple lines to define a space and then put color in that space and so but it was it was not intuitive drawing like you would want to draw something you had to it was more like constructing almost more of a um uh, of a CAD type product even though that's not what it was designed for but the the way to go about using it it was um uh early on kind of quirky but yeah. uh um but it's, you know, like I said, it's become the dominant product in that arena. So um, although I, I would say on the Mac platform, there's a good number of companies that have sprung up that have alternatives to these that are very popular to, to the Adobe products. And they're primarily people look at them because Adobe uh, basically has pushed everybody into licensing their products. I think you can still buy them outright each year if you want, but then you don't get annual upgrades. So they want you to, to subscribe. And just pay a monthly or an annual fee to keep using their products. And there's a lot of companies that have said, well, you know, we'll sell a product that does that for, you know, 50 bucks and it's yours. And you can upgrade it if you want, you know. And so it used to be if you, you know, you went and bought that discount software, it was not nearly as capable as, you know, you're always giving something up by not using, you know. Premiere or Photoshop or Illustrator. And nowadays I don't really think you're giving anything up. Most of these other pieces of software can do everything they can do. In some cases they do things they can't. So, um, well, you know.
1: anyway, anyway, this fellow, uh, when he joined Adobe was in the technical world, but he's migrated to sales now. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's older and, and, uh, has, uh, well, the singer son of his, I'd guess was in his twenties, uh, and so you know they he he's probably close to retirement i think he said something like two years or something he's probably going to retire right so anyway it was it was interesting talking to him about the past and all that i was going to say regarding a lot of these products like adobe that were early in the graphic and interface kind of area have been majorly impacted by things like ipads and scan pens yeah. pencils and stuff on Screens, uh-huh. you know,
0: yeah. Because- o- Obi uh, Adobe was kind of slow to to migrate their stuff to the iPad. They they would put stuff over there, but it was like really, you know, just like one feature that you had one of, of fifty features that are in Photoshop would show up in an app on the iPad. But uh, in the last year or so, they've um, actually more than a year or so, but they they've really started uh, adopting the iPad as a more viable platform and and. Creating more well, full-featured apps because, again, well, what was happening is there was a bunch of competitors eating their lunch because they jumped on that much more quickly.
1: Yeah. Well, the problem is, is that you have to rethink everything. You know, not right. Just transfer products. You, you know, right? A, with a different, different uh, user technologies. Yeah. It's it's
0: really a it's 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 a rewrite, and when they're doing that, then you know you might say, well, we could use some of the core function, but in order to really take advantage of that platform, they kind of had to rewrite that too. So I think they've sort of been going through the process of rewriting all of the core code for their primary products. Um, And, and that takes time and that's why they were kind of slow in doing it. Um, But from what I've read, they're pretty well accepted as far as the quality of the products on the, on the touch devices nowadays that they've really kind of gotten over that hump because early on, you know, you could get Photoshop on your Mac or your Windows machine,
1: yeah. And then, yeah.
0: then you would have like Photoshop Light, meaning you know a few features on the iPad, and that was about it. You yeah. know. And and they had a a um, uh, you know Lightroom sort of to browse through projects and or photos, but but I think that was one of the first ones. And, and it's a you know a less I a, 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 I don't want to say lesser app, but it's mm-hmm. it's um, it. it A lot. It's not not as feature rich as something like Photoshop and Adobe Illustrator and Adobe Premiere, Um, you know, because it's basically just a photo management tool that that they've added some editing things into. So it's a subset of what Photoshop does, layered on top of like a file management app. And uh, so they moved that one over pretty quickly. But uh,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: So anyway, this isn't the Adobe show.
1: Yeah, why don't we uh, start from the top of the items that I have here? Now, some of them weren't intended to be long discussions, but just to bring something up and right. make sure that our listeners are aware of it. Right. So, um, the, one of the first
0: things you had up there was a link from a company. The nine to five Mac has a section, and this is something that I've noticed for a while. In 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 addition to putting ads on their sites, a lot of places now will intersperse with their articles. Essentially, they're calling them reviews, wink, wink, with a bunch of links that allow you to buy stuff from them. And 9to5Mac has gone a little further and created a, a, a sub-website a sub called 9to5toys where they just list the stuff they like and, and then links for you to buy it from them. So they either sell it directly or they get a, uh, a referral fee from whoever's selling it. The link will take you to some other site like Amazon or something. Right. So.
1: I- Are you referring to the wide beam headlamp?
0: No, I'm not even there yet. I'm talking about the Anchor Gold Box MagSafe Apple Watch and other faster, more efficient charging from ten dollars. And basically, it's a pitch for Anchor's products, which, you know, personally, I need no pitching. I like. I, I think the quality of Anchor's products is is excellent. And, yeah. uh, and, um, you know, all else being equal, uh, if I find two different products that sort of do the same thing, I generally will trust anchor over a brand that I've not heard of before. And there's a whole bunch of those weird brands that, you know, when you go on Amazon, you know, their, their names yeah. are, are, you know, obviously written by somebody who, who speaks an Asian language, probably Chinese, you know, and, uh, and so they're hard, sometimes for fresh pronounce. And very often if you buy it now. And then you go back to buy it again in a week. It's not the, they are not there anymore. You know, they're—they're they're very fly by night. They—they, they, you know, we got a, a whole bunch of these things. We're going to sell them till they're gone, and then we just shut this company down and launch a new one. And that sort of yeah. seems to be the, the the business model for some of these places. And some of that stuff is fine, but uh, you know, the fact that you can buy something from Anchor and if it doesn't work, send it back to Anchor, and and uh, I've not really had anything from them that didn't work, uh, and worked pretty well.
1: Yeah, I think they're pretty good, and uh, I I put it up here just because uh, I thought mm-hmm. that, uh, first of all, as you said, they're a reliable company, but secondly, that the toys that I mentioned here, uh, like a additional battery for phones and all mm-hmm. of that, instead of going back to Apple and paying to have a new battery put in, you can go very inexpensively, add another battery on the outside right. if you're willing to do that and we've been quite happy with the one that that i bought a long time ago mom's still using it on her
0: yeah that's phone. an apple one though yeah it is that's the one but, that the, the apple uh charging case
1: but that's the same thing that they're doing here you know well what they've done there <laughs>
0: there've been other companies that make charging cases as well um you know even in the older ones the ones they're talking about here are the magsafe compatible ones that plug into or that attach via the magsafe onto the back of iphone 12s and 13s right Um, you know i think the idea is cool but the inefficiency bothers me it's like you're physically attached to the phone and yet we're going to from the battery use magsafe wireless cheek technology to charge and so you're losing a lot of your juice when you're literally fractions of an inch away from plugging it into the port and then going direct and, and losing a lot less
1: yeah yeah i was going to point out that that's the difference between the apple one that i have and these
0: right but the current the current Apple one works just like these. It, it clicks on with the MagSafe. Oh, it does. It does. They don't sell the one that wraps all the way around well, and plugs into my, the Lightning port anymore.
1: My my guess is is the losses are pretty minimal then.
0: Yeah, I mean if Apple's doing it and Anchor's doing it, they must have have you know been able to to get it to work really well, you know. And I think part of that is the advantage MagSafe has over standard G is you know that everything's lined up perfectly. Yeah. You know which which. I'm sure makes a huge difference. I suspect that on a typical Qi charger, if you're just out of alignment a little bit, you see a pretty significant drop in the amount of oh. charging.
1: Abs- absolutely, that that whole MagSafe concept was really important to making wireless stuff work.
0: Yeah, you know, in the photo here, they show the anchor um, uh, USB-C charger that their iq charger they now sell one of those that has two ports on the front end of it uh for less than 40 bucks and it's like a 40 watt or 50 watt charger um they have switched over to using the uh uh was it gallium nitride instead of lithium ion um yeah uh um or not the lithium but the the the, the ga
1: yeah low loss
0: um yeah uh wall wall warts basically i saw one
1: I and, saw one advertised the other day. I think that had four ports on it.
0: Yeah. I've seen one. The, the most I've seen is a four port one. That was from another company. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, the anchor ones, like I said, I, I, I tend to like them. Um, and look at this. The, the, it's a 30 watt charger. That's for, for $21 basically. Um, you know, uh-huh. for, from anchor. And that's, uh, you know, that's a very affordable charger and 30 Watts is enough to charge, uh, you know, uh, pretty much all of your iPads, as well as, you know, any of the pro iPads, any of the phones, any of, uh, 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 like the, um, HomePod minis use a 20, 20 watt one. So, um, I think that might even handle the MacBook air and it, you can't tell by looking at this either, but they're significantly smaller than the traditional, um, power bricks just because the, um, uh, the, the. The actual windings and stuff are less for that particular chemistry. So, yeah,
1: yeah. Why don't we go on to the one right below it? Because I've, I've, I'm fascinated by this. Uh, I, when Apple put the feature into Photos, so that they they now t- take and copy uh, all the text that's available on any photo. Uh, I've been really fascinated by that, mostly because. Has in fact uh, exposed stuff that wasn't really visible on the photo. Right. Now, now, a lot of people may not be aware of that, but I'm going to, th- I'm thinking that there are going to be applications for people to hide information in transmission via photos mm-hmm. that don't look, that don't have uh, visible uh, text on it, but it has a whole bunch of it there and it just has to be exposed. Yeah, it, well. It, In other words, photos have everything to do with the color of the text, and if it matches the background, it disappears. But it's still there.
0: Right. Yeah. No. Uh, There's ways to do that. Um, You know, the thing is, and and this is, you know, it's it's a cool feature, but it's something that has been available for people who use Google Photos for a couple years now. They've been able to scan the the text of the photo, and in fact, that was something that they wanted to do. You know, they built that technology out right away because that then allows them to gather information from that photo. And so, you know, because Google's a business of gathering information about you, you know, you take photos of a place, uh, not only are they using any of the uh, information embedded within the photo, but they're actually now using any text that's, you know, that's in the photo because they can change that to to searchable text.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well what what i was saying though is that there's still a, a, a capability these are scrapers this technology they they're doing what what is visible and converting it and it's amazing what they find even there stuff that's seeming seemingly in the background that maybe you didn't even notice before now you can you can read the text and i found that the other day i forgot what it was i was searching for and of course it now searches the photos <clears throat> through the uh top level magnifier i forgot what that's called but anyway when you search everything on your apple product it it does photos too
0: uh-huh.
1: <clears throat> and it found some stuff that i had no idea that was in the photos and i was really fascinated by i wish i remembered the exact story now but mm-hmm. uh you know it's just uh it a lot of photos aren't necessarily meant to to take text although i do a lot of that when i uh, go to museums and so it turns out to be a bit of an advantage there yeah. i can extract the text from the museums and get right that well stuff. what's nice is is that's
0: going on in the background too so when you go to do a search for a photo you can you if you you're going to get a lot more keywords put in there you know if you're try if you don't remember the exact name of the place you're trying to find you know if you can do a search and you find words that are you know, in the in the photo, you know, like the name of an artist or the name of a particular um, display, you know, the name of the the inventor of something or something that's at a museum, you know, the, any any of that kind of text now becomes searchable when you go searching your photos. Yeah. If you have yeah. photos of it, so it suddenly makes your photo library much more worth valuable to you because you're one like you were saying you you take lots of pictures of signs uh, when you're at these places so that you can then go back and read that stuff later. So
1: yeah, and. Some... And, and I used I used to label some photos just so that I could find them, you know, but right. you don't have to do that very often anymore because the information is oftentimes contained in the text if you know.
0: Yeah, you get a picture of the sign of the place when you're coming in, you know, or the name, like you said, just any of the signage while you're there, um, that just gives you a lot more stuff on which to search. You know, what I've used it for is um, I was over the holidays sending out packages and... The packages were through the USPS, and they give you a tracking number on a piece of paper.
1: And oh, so yeah.
0: I took a picture of the piece of paper, then copied and pasted the tracking number into my little tracking app so that I could keep track of everything and make sure that they all arrived where and when they were supposed to. Yeah. And that made it real easy. You know, just snap a picture, and then, then you can copy and paste the text because it does that conversion for you, and it does it exceedingly well. Yeah. So... It's done very well. The other thing that you had um, put in about the phone was uh, the, according to Inc. anyway, Apple just quietly introduced a feature to your iPhone that's going to upend this $1.7 trillion industry. Now, I take a little bit of umbrage with this because quietly they put out a news thing and and announced it to the world. I don't know how quietly that was done. <laughs> they tried. They certainly weren't trying to be quiet about it. Um, uh, but basically what it is, is it's going to allow you to use, uh, an iOS device that has the, um, the, uh, what is it? The, uh, NFC reader in it to uh, essentially as a cash register for third party payments. And so Apple is, has, has, uh, already got the company Stripe signed up and, uh, You know, A lot of places you go and people will have – you've seen them have like their iPad as their cash register, but then they've got some little box there for you to then put your card into or or touch it to or use your Apple Pay to or something like that. And now they don't need the little box. They can actually just use the iPhone itself because it's got the capability and the hardware to do that inside of it.
1: Yeah, Um, but I I like the fact, though, that they brought up the uh, misunderstanding of this by quoting a Gizmodo article that basically – you know, it's want to make it sound, sound like it's a threat to Square, which it isn't at all. So,
0: yeah. no, well, I mean, it's a threat to Square in that Square wouldn't have to sell the little devices to be the readers anymore. Now they could just do it via software and the right. de- and the device itself. So it actually ends up saving people like Stripe and Square and uh, Square, the hassle and the cost of developing custom card reading software and stocking and shipping that out to people because now you don't right. need that. You can just do it from software.
1: Absolutely, and and that was just a, a come on by Square to take uh, to, to subscribe to their service.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, Square was, was one of the first ones to try to push that stuff out to small business, saying anybody can, right. can take credit cards, not that big. I and mean, as long as you've got a, a bank account right. where we can send the money, we'll do the processing for you. Right. You know, and here's the little doohickey when I was running my own swim team, I had uh, had a square reader because if somebody wanted to pay me right then and there, it was like, that's the way to do it. You know, yeah. And now I wouldn't have to do that. I could just have the service, you know, download the app and do it right on my phone.
1: Yep. So the, the, the issue and square is going to be out there for, for some time because you, you until we know that uh, Android phones and all have compatible capability people still won't be able to pay that way uh, unless they have an iPhone, you know?
0: Um, yeah, except that I suspect that there will be um, uh, just like – you wouldn't be able to get somebody like Square or um, or um, uh, Stripe to sign on if they had to have an iPhone. They're going to say they'll take NFC payments from anything that can create the appropriate NFC. So there'll be you know there's cards that have NSC, but there's also Samsung phones that you know can use Samsung Pay, and they're going to accept that just as as easily, you know it's a it's a standard protocol.
1: Yeah, you know. So so. anyway, it it just takes a while during the transition, but gradually. Yeah. Gradually the square readers are going to get phased out. And-
0: sure. Yeah, yeah. cuz people are going to go I don't need that or or what's going to happen is when they when theirs finally dies and they call up the company for a new one, the company's going to say you don't need it just use your phone. We yep. don't we don't sell them anymore and it you know it's a cost of savings to people like square. Uh yep. you know, a cost of savings. It's a savings of 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 that specific cost of doing business, you know, that hardware they they no longer have to create right. and and distribute. So Yep. Yeah. Now, the thing that I think uh, I, a couple places I saw initially thought this was supposed to be like, well, you know, I could then pay money to you, um, which you can already do using uh, Apple Pay. This right. isn't that. This is for businesses. This is for companies like Square and Stripe to to set up a device as a cash register, essentially, as a digital cash register. Yep. so which yep. is also the reason that it wasn't announced like at one of the consumer type of, of shows that Apple does because it's not really a consumer thing; it's a business to business kind of thing.
1: Right. So, anyway, uh, one that I just got my attention because uh, a lot of people are Zoom users uh, is that if you use it with your Mac, there's been a bug that let, leaves the mic on. Now, there's nothing in this article that says anything about exploits uh, exploiting it, but there were probably a Always are a few out there who will try to do that. But anyway, it's been fixed, and just the the normal caution is keep everything up to date.
0: Yeah, yeah, version um, 5.9.3 is the latest version uh, as of this article, which is dated February 12th, so uh, February 12th, 2022, and we record on the 14th today, so there is an update out that fixes the problem.
1: And the thing that made it the thing that made made it come to light is Apple providing those little red light that uh indicating whether the mic is on or not, yeah and then uh, and, and so you can find out who's using it, yeah, well that you
0: know and and it's it's um they're talking about mac OS and so it depends on the Mac that you're using, right some macs like the the laptop Macs are going to have that little light next to them, desktop ones are not necessarily because they may or may not have a mic plugged in, yeah. I would say if you're using a a desktop device, unplug the Mac, the mic when you're not using it anyway, I have a physical roll switch, which is just a mute switch that I can, I can hit real quick. Anytime um, I'm on, you know, if I need to cough or, or, you know, sneeze or something, I hit that. So I don't do it in the mic and I have a tendency to just do that when I'm off the air. So my mic is physically disconnected from my device. Yeah. But uh, not everybody works that way, you know? Um, or has that set up? And if you have a laptop, you can't unplug the mics; they're built in, just like on the iPads or on the phones. So, yeah, it depends on what you're using. Just goes to show, though, you know, that anytime you've got a mic or a camera, you want might want to think twice about, you know, where it is at any given point in time and, you know, what you're doing. Right. Well,
1: <laughs> well, the problem with microphones, though, is that's the most violated because we all have microphones on every device we've got. Yeah you know yeah it's just that, that you need to be aware of when it's on you know like mm-hmm. right now i talking to you and i see the red light on my phone you know right <laughs> right
0: you know it's just it's just being aware of what's actually going on knowing what that red light means i think there's a lot of people who who haven't a clue you know that they wouldn't know that that's, oh that's what that red light means yeah you know? oh okay uh-huh. <laughs> you know it's but like it, but, but most it's people
1: It's possible I could hang up with you and have the red light stay on because there's still another app listening. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So anyway, that's that's something that everybody needs to be aware of because Mm -hmm. uh, your privacy is being violated. If you don't know, you're being heard. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things that the uh, Facebook people, the meta people got caught doing a couple different times was you would shut their app off and their app would restart itself in the background and uh and then turn the mic back on yeah and, and to listen and then they would parse what was being heard and use that to to start selling you ads for things you know yep so they they and they've been caught with their hand in the cookie, cookie jar more than once doing that kind of thing you know i know one of them specifically they uh they played a 1 second loop of silence as a sound in the background and so that way then they could keep their app running in the background even after you shut it off just like you can you can put a you know put on your music and then switch to a different app and the music will play in the background mm-hmm. um, and that's what they did so they played a 1 minute, 1 second loop of silence and this is before apple put the little red light on there and so people found out th- that was going on because what would happen is they'd start listening to some music, and then a few minutes later, the music had shut off, and they go, well, what happened? Oh, well, it turns out that the fine folks at Facebook were playing a one-second loop of silence and shut off what you were listening to so that they could play that silence, so that they could then restart their app and listen on your mics. <laughs>
1: uh, like, this, this, speaking of all of that, it happened that at 4 o'clock this morning, my time, East Coast time, uh, my phone, which was sitting on a charger, not not a MagSafe charger, just a little plug-in at the bottom, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it started playing some celestial music, and I, I guess I, in my dream, I thought I was in heaven or something, you know. <laughs> and and then I noticed, where is that coming from? And I turned my head a little bit. Oh, that's 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 my phone. It's live, you know, and I'm. I don't have my hearing aids in, so the dog had to hear it, and mom, she said she heard it, and, you know. So anyway, I, as soon as I realized what's going on, I reached over and grabbed pulled the phone back, and now I have, it took me a while to get it turned off because I have the focus thing on at night, and so the phone won't even let me uh, uh, open it up in the normal way. Uh, I've got to push a, a dismiss button to get out of that Focus right out of the,
0: right get out of your focus mode your sleep mode
1: yeah but while I'm fiddling with this then I'm thinking oh I just turn the volume down which is what I did and that immediately you know got the, the noise out problem solved mm-hmm. but but it didn't solve the focus thing for some reason. after I hit dismiss on the phone, then I noticed uh, that I had my phone still on the charger so I uh, from last night and so I put it on my wrist, and lo and behold, uh, it's still in the night mode. So I had to go into the actual focus app, and there it said the night was, thing was still on, Dismissed, didn't dismiss the night focus. Mm-hmm. It, it apparently thought it was just a temporary thing to get into the phone, which I didn't know about. I've never done that before, okay? But so then I f- officially, in the setup app under focus, turned off the night mode, so that then my watch finally came on. Because all you can see on your watch when it's in night mode is a digital time. Mm-hmm. It's not, not at all like your face normal FaceTime or anything. It's just really low, low level. So anyway, I learned a lot by that, but I don't know still why it came on at 4 a.m. Because the app that it was in is one that I hadn't used in probably six months. And it just happened that the That morning, yesterday uh, morning, I I had listened to that briefly. You know, played it's got about seven or eight segments, and I played two of them, I think, and Uh and just turned it off as far as I was concerned. I didn't even know it had an automatic turn on feature. Uh It must have, though, because it came on (laughs) at 4 a.m. That's lovely. (laughs) Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah.
0: Some something obviously triggered it. You know, it was doesn't doesn't happen by accident, and yet it's it's uh, yeah. yeah.
1: And it was quiet. It wasn't like you, Siri or anything like that did anything. So, anyway, I've I've had a number of puzzling things occur lately, and I don't really know.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Haven't had much success in solving most of them.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm sure that they're on the device, but they're they don't seem to be easily exposed. I think we probably should do some searching around, and that is, you know, log files as to what's going on. You know, I know they're on the Mac, you know how to, you know, you can go into your Utilities folder and you can look at the system logs and you can see what is happening and why things are happening. But there's not a really good way to trace down. Like if stuff just happens. You try to figure it out. Like, I had a weird thing where um, the light on the outside of my shack out back studio at on, at night kept coming on. And huh. and I can see it from the bathroom in, in off my bedroom. And so at night, I would look out there and the light's on. And, you know, I've got it set up. I know I had it set up so that if something walked by, like, a, you know, we've had uh, a, a possum walk by and a cat walk by, you know, through that area. Yeah. And, and that'll trigger it. Yeah, But I want to know what triggered it. And so I started looking around and digging in and found out that somehow I had set it up so that if there was um, uh, motion in the evening after sunset in my backyard, that it would trigger the light on the other side of the house. And so... Anytime that we put the dogs out at night, the light would go on. And it's like, okay, well, I want to shut that off because, you know, I don't need the light on one side of the house coming on just because the dogs are out in the backyard on the other side of the house. So uh, so I shut that off, and we'll see if there's anything else that keeps triggering it. But it's just weird that that light seems to be on all the time. It's like in the evenings. and I'm like, wow, we're wasting a lot. I mean, it's an LED bulb, so it's not like I'm wasting that much electricity. But, but dang it, I'm wasting electricity.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, the, um, can we move on to another topic here? Sure. That one about the VR AR headset it says just tipped how FaceTime could work. Uh, when you think about it, FaceTime, when you've got a mask on or a headset on,
0: mm-hmm. you'd say,
1: how, how would you deal with it? You know? <laughs> well, apparently they're going to use those little emojis, uh, and, and they were going to determine your facial expression somehow from sensors in the mask. Right. So if you, if you smile, you know, your cheekbones go a little high or something, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll sense that and put that into the emoji. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cute. Right. So I just said, oh, yeah. That's yeah, they're it. already
0: doing that on the phone, right? So now all they have to do is adjust the sensors to work from, like, basically, you know, inches off your face instead of uh, – you know, being held at arm's length because you can already do little animated.
1: Yeah, Be- uh, because you I mean, know one one of the things about the that environment is, is if you have an environment and and you're interacting with other people, we like to see the reactions that you get from somebody else, right? Right. And so, uh, FaceTime is, isn't the same if you've got a mask on, so you got to figure another way to do it. And so I thought, well, that's that's kind of clever,
0: right? Yeah, so we'll see what they do with that and how well it uh it um takes off. You know. Anyway. I, I have my doubts. Did you ever see the movie Ready Player One?
1: I don't see movies, no.
0: yeah. I I I just wondered if you'd seen it at home. It was it's based on a novel, um and the idea was that, that most of the world would now spend their time in this virtual reality. Where they would be wearing headsets and and you know motion sensors on their hands and 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 uh, basically these omnidirectional like treadmills so that you could move around and in this virtual space and it would track your body, um, but you didn't have to have physically that much space to do it in, so you could do it in a fairly small space. Yeah. And and but the the in that virtual world you you uh, you know gained currency and and bought different looks so you could you know change the way your 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 uh emoji looked and you know and so you could present yourself as a big giant hulking you know person even if you're you know a a skinny tiny small person you could you know present yourself any way you wanted in that virtual world and uh uh so it was just kind of interesting to see that as as facebook has kind of said you know we're going to be meta and we're going to go in this direction they seem to be kind of drawing a parallel to that. That seems to be like their goal. They want this weird, um, uh, complete virtual online world that we're all going to interact through.
1: The, the metaverse. That's why they renamed their company, right?
0: Exactly. But it looks very much like that movie. If you want to get an idea of, you watch that movie and you'll see that that's exactly what what uh, he has described. Uh, zuckerberg has described as kind of wanting the metaverse to look like i think he missed the fact that that was a dystopian movie about a world that was not very good and in fact the the <laughs> the story at the end was maybe we should shut this thing down a couple of days a week so that just everybody's forced to deal with the real world because it's not healthy for us to live in this world yeah. uh, that's the the moral of the story <laughs> and yet and yet uh you know yeah that's so great let's go do that uh, yeah
1: i I, uh i i don't find the whole concept even appealing yeah yeah i mean maybe for Mm -hmm. for 15 minutes of a game you know
0: yeah or you know hey let's let's face it if you're set up in a uh in a virtual world it rather than scrolling through a list some people might prefer to go into a virtual world and walk to a virtual grocery store to pick out what they want and then have it delivered to their door and stuff instead of instead of, uh, you know, scrolling through a list of things and saying, go get me these things on this list. Although, you know, that in that example, people literally make lists even if they're going by themselves. So maybe the list is the better format. I don't know, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I, fa- I found that for us, shopping online has taught me a number of things about myself. Number one, the first go-to is always my previous shopping list. Right. Because if I previously bought it, I'm probably going to buy it again.
0: Yeah. It's like, okay, we're out of that. I want more of whatever that is, right?
1: So, so number one, that's the first priority is I want to see my previous shopping list. Now, the benefit of that is that keeps you going back to the same company if it's a company app, you know. If you have a generalized thing, it, uh-huh. you direct it anywhere, then, you, you, you know. cut and
0: paste to put it somewhere else.
1: Yeah. But anyway, anyway that... Uh, and that really works well most of the time. Yeah. You know, I just, you know, you just go through that original shopping list and touch those things again mm-hmm. and, and, and indicate if a quantity is bigger or smaller or whatever. But Right. So
0: Yeah, something I've started doing that I thought was actually kind of interesting um, is I've taken advantage of a feature that Sam's Club has offered, and that is um, – Use your phone as your scanner and checkout device so as I put things in my cart I scan it and then I walk as I walk up to the front of the store I say buy all this stuff and it gives me a little little um, thing on my sc- excuse me thing on my screen that the employees can scan to verify you know my receipt and mm-hmm. uh, and they don't actually print a physical receipt it's just on my screen and then they do their little check as you walk out the door you know where they scan your receipt. My, mm-hmm. And then they scan a couple of items in your in your cart and do a quick look to see if, like, you know, if the receipt says you're supposed to have 20 items, do you ha- look like you have 20 items? You look like you have 100 items, you know? Um, so yeah. I, I, I like that. I mean, because that's one of the things that I don't particularly like about Costco and Sam's Club is sometimes you go and there's big lines. So you get everything done, and then you're just standing there. It's like that's wasted time for me. If I yeah. can already pay for it and just walk out the door, then let's do it
1: yep yeah yeah checkout has gotta gotta be changed
0: yeah yeah well this seems to be working well and i've seen that i'm not the only one doing it. i've seen other people doing it now too so it's like that that uh feature that's even better because they already had self-checkout they had you know where you could go just self-checkout and not not have you know not wait in line for a person right. and and now the self-checkout is being replaced by the checkout on the fly, you know, which is,
1: like, great. Yeah. You know, what you should do is just you sign in as you, when you come into the store, and as you scan the devices and put them in your cart, you know. That's uh, exactly what I'm doing. So that's, that's, that's I, perfect. I, I get my phone out as
0: I come in, and, and I use the camera to scan the codes well, as I put them I, in my cart. I don't know, have I to. Hyper-
1: I think that originated with Amazon. They they've had a bunch of small stores and that's exactly how they worked. And that that's over a year old.
0: Yeah, they've been working they've been working that problem too, trying to get like uh instant delivery because that's the complaint, right? Is like, well, some things tomorrow is fine or 2 days from now is fine. Some things I want right now that I need. And so that's where they were losing business. People were getting up and going down too their Target or their Walmart or their Walgreens drugstore or their, you know, whatever. And I think Amazon has said, well, for certain things, we should just have places where people can go and pick stuff up. And that's, you're right. They they set up their stores without a cash register. They had, a, I think they usually have like one employee standing there or one or two employees there. Um, but I know they want to minimize that and you go in and pick it up. Uh, They were even going further. They were trying to say that we will recognize your face, know who you are and charge to your card on account. You can just walk in, pick it up and leave.
1: Right. Yep.
0: So, um, I haven't heard that that's been expanded a lot, but quite frankly, that's, they're going there.
1: Sure. Oh yeah.
0: That's where they're going. You know, especially for things like, you know, um, Small stores like 7-Elevens and, you know, the AMPM type of model, those kind of things, it's easier to do. There's less space and less people can be in there at any given point in time, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, as long as they've got enough cameras and uh, and computers on the back end to handle it, uh, there's no reason something the size of Walmart couldn't be that same way, right? The,
1: the, the only thing that bothers me about that is that, I want some absolute assurance that they never sell or give or aid any governmental agency, any, including the police, by giving them that data. But I'm sure they will. I'm certainly oh, oh,
0: absolutely. They'll be they'll You know, if they're subpoenaed and said, hey, we this happened right outside your store. We know your store is chock full of cameras. Give us but, all your camera feeds.
1: But I'm I'm a hell of a lot more afraid of the government than I am of anybody else, because uh, a, a bad government getting in power can just, just wipe out democracy instantly. And we're and we're close to getting to that point now.
0: Yeah, well, we've had we've had a variety of issues with that, and you know, it's, it's going to be a difficult time as we work through how to how to implement the technologies that we've that we've created and saying, well, what are the right rules around these technologies so well, that we can use them, you know, to help us but not to hurt us.
1: Yeah, well, the the first thing is that unless something in, is very specifically authorized for any government official, they have no right to doing it. That's that's the first law that needs to be put constitutionally, you know. See, and it kind of works they the are, other way: they, is if there's oh, no
0: law restricting me from doing it, then it's legal. That's kind of how it works here, you know. And, I mean, seriously, that, that, that's and, exactly the opposite. You're and, right. That's but that's the exactly they make. that because because we view ourselves as a free society, so we say we don't have limits. But then what happens is is that the laws always lag behind the technology as new yep. things come along. It's suddenly now we've got to create some new laws because this this particular technology works a little different than the older technology. And as a result, we have to, you know, now make some adjustments. So there's always going to be that Wild West aspect for a while until the laws yeah. catch up to the technology, you know. The thing is, too, now, and, and I say it now, but quite frankly, it's the same problem that we've had for years, right? I mean, as w- w- our Congress, when they were starting to make laws about motor vehicles— you know, interstate trade and commerce yeah. and motor vehicles. Um, most of the people who were doing that grew up in a world of horses, and didn't really understand the technology for which they were making the rules—not very well. Yeah. And you know, and that's—I hear that complaint with with people today, especially in the tech world. It's like, well, these these uh, uh, senators and congressmen don't understand the technology. I mean, you know, you hear them talking, and some of them, you know, are trying to equate the internet to. A massive system of pipes and and it's like that's not really it you know it doesn't quite work that <laughs> way um you know but it's that's that's been the history of our country that's the way it works is you know the most of the people who are making a lot of these rules and laws and decisions are but you know but a, a, attorneys by trade more than anything else and that means that they don't necessarily understand the technology that they're now trying to create laws around um But, you know, it's incumbent on them to educate themselves and to get people on their staff that can educate them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've seen this at play already. Uh, In fact, this whole business about the uh, the uh, uh, differing opinions on the last election Mm -hmm. had everything to do with the the total failure of, of any kind of court system to deal with it, you know. That, that, there was no nothing in place, you know. The, there's a deadline for when we're going to make a decision, but but whether we know it's the right decision or not, uh, time's up, folks. That's 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 really what happened in 2020.
0: And- I uh, well, there's been a, a. I I I'm not sure I agree with you. I'll just leave it at that. I think that there are that I think the court systems uh, handled each of the different issues as they came up. And gave us answers. Now, we may or may not like the answers that they gave us, but they did.
1: No, no, they gave you the exact answer that's always given by courts to delay things. And that is, uh, you you know, we're we're not ready. You're not ready.
0: I didn't hear any courts say they weren't ready.
1: That's that's what my brother, Jim, who's a lawyer, says, you know, courts know that they have a limited number of uh, hours in the day to deal with things. So they filter through everything that. Uh, uh,
0: well, absolutely. I mean, if you're a smart that, judge or you're a smart attorney, you you also know that. I mean, it's just like when when somebody does a pocket veto. You know, it's like I know it's but, going to expire, the, so I don't have to do anything.
1: But you see, the people don't know that. That's the problem. The people don't know that, and therefore they think that there's some decisions that have been made. There were but, no decisions but, but, made but, throughout well, the whole court process.
0: I, None. I completely disagree with you. There were decisions made. There were things that were allowed to expire because they looked at it and said that's a stupid question. There, aren't, there is no legal basis, so we're just going to let it expire. They use that as a tool it's, that doesn't invalidate the result. That's just used as a tool to say, I've got more important things to handle because this is not worthy of being in a court. And so we're just going to let it expire. That said, there were a whole bunch of decisions that were made by judges and by courts. It just they just didn't go the way a lot of of people on one side wanted it to go.
1: Well, well, I'm just telling you that I think that inflexible deadlines are going to be the doom of democracy. They really are going to be. Because uh, there, there's important decisions to be made, and no allowance for any kind of uh, fair play or not, it, it just you just argue over it and get angry at each other and make things worse. And as long as we have this attitude in our country, uh, nobody's going to be happy with the outcome of an election.
0: Yeah, but but if you don't have and, deadlines, and, then and, you then you. If you don't have deadlines, though, then you can you can argue that, that there's never going to be an answer because we'll continue arguing until till we feel like we've won. And then the other side will continue arguing until they feel like they've won and there'll never be a resolution. Right. You have to have that's a right. resolution to certain answers in order to move forward. And so I think that, you know, saying to get, we're going to get rid of
1: uh, deadlines and, 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 is
0: probably a poor choice. And,
1: and, and that's the that's the problem with democracy right there. See, the, 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 the whole business of questioning elections is uh, is a valid one on both sides and uh, and is not going to be resolved. So I, I think that. it's, it's But democracy. it is because there are deadlines
0: and courts make the decisions and courts have made the hard decisions multiple times. I mean, you know, the, the second George Bush was elected because a court made a decision. Um, You know, I mean, they they have done it. They've done it throughout our history, and they continue to do it. Whether you're on the side uh, that that won the argument or lost the argument at any given point in time really is irrelevant in that the courts have done exactly what we needed them to do, which is sort of sit in between and say, here's what's going to happen.
1: Well, they they, they haven't made uh, some important decisions, I'll tell you that, some very important decisions that have not been made.
0: Oh well, but again, you're you're saying they have not been made because they because they allowed they 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 did a tacit decision. You well, know, they, I I don't have to physically take action when I know something's going to happen at a deadline if I think that what's going to happen on a deadline is the right thing to happen. I can do nothing, and that's a decision, and it allows then what I wanted to happen to happen. You know, and right. I'm I'm talking in very generic terms here, but I'm just saying okay. that doesn't mean that no decision was made. It just means that I did it without no, any action.
1: No, but what I'm telling you is is that uh, everybody can read the Constitution. Okay? And Not How many people do? And it, Well, <laughs> lots of people did the last election. Lots of people did. And some very clear statements in the Constitution were violated and everybody's mind that read it. And, I, and I've never seen anybody give me an answer, but one of them in fact they've, they've, well anyway we're getting totally off. I was going to say
0: topic. we've gone way 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 from text or from yes, tech we have. stuff. We've put you off know of... but but you know I mean to go back to the core of it is that the you know you, you made a statement early on that your biggest fear is government. I fear government, but I also equally fear the uh, the the power of some of the companies that have you know, oh, reached, yeah. reached into our pockets as much as if not more than government and how much those companies then influence the government. You know, I mean, you, you talked about problems with democracy It had, you know, and concerns about the courts. I have problems with democracy and concerns about the limited options that we have in our democracy because we only get the people that have been hand selected by the corporateocracy to even vote on. You know, yeah. there's there's yep. there's nobody who, who rises to the level of president that isn't beholden to some major fund uh, <laughs> funds that are, are, you know, run by big companies. Yep. You know, that's yep. the only place that has the money to do it. And so, you know, it's um, our options are are extremely limited based on that. So
1: I'd like to go back to uh, something that I thought was a. Uh, a wow product! I said, "Wow, this is great!" But fifty bucks. Yeah, and that's the and that's the latest flashlight.
0: <laughs> yeah, you were looking at a two hundred and thirty degree wide beam headlamp torch. So this is yeah. basically it sits on your head like a um, like a sweatband. Uh, yeah. and these kind of things I have found um, a lot of people who do um, uh, running or or uh, hiking use these things uh, to light their way as the sun goes down. And so yep. it's pretty standard to have a, a good head beam. Now, this one looks like it's more, uh, it looks, I, I can't tell if it's rubbery or if it's if it's hard plastic or something, but it doesn't look, most of the ones that I've seen are on elastic band with a lamp attached to the front end of it. This like seems to have a strip of LEDs across your forehead that is all plastic. And then it's got, a, I guess, a, uh, uh,
1: a band, around, a the band back.
0: around the back, right. Yeah. So, um, so I actually have one of these that I have used in the evenings coming back from swim practice that, you know, when it's dark, we, we, I, our pool is in a boy scout camp. So I'm out in the toolies and, uh, just to make sure I don't step into a gopher hole or step on a snake that decided to sun itself out, you know, stay, you know, it's cuddle up next to a rock or something that was warm, uh, as the sun has gone down, um, but mine is not wide angle. It points where I'm looking. And so, I mean, it. you know, it's like any flashlight. There's a solid beam in front of me that then weakens as it goes out from that center of wherever I'm looking. This one seems to be a strip of LEDs that can get a much wider, but then it has a regular flashlight on the side, too.
1: Yes, which allows you to focus on specific things if you want with more mm-hmm. detail. Now, first, the very first question I had about this is that where did the 230 degrees come from? And they say they don't describe that anywhere in here. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it, got to be that around. It's obvious that they're not talking about the light around your head. That's probably – it's for, certainly less than 180 degrees, somewhere maybe 100 degrees. You know? So I, I don't yeah. know where – Well, they,
0: they, they, the light, I mean, they have, like I said, they have the, the, the strip of LED around the forehead area and around to the temples. And then on one side, if not both sides, they have then uh, a regular flashlight beam. They show a picture of a guy standing on a corner and the light wrapping all the way around him, 230 degrees. So that's where they're getting it. Um, And I think it basically is just coming from that, that around LED strip.
1: Where do you see that?
0: I'm on the Flexbeam website. I went to their website. Yeah, I'm, I'm. And I scroll down, and there's a picture of the thing, and right below that is experience max light coverage, near natural light, and it shows the guy standing on a corner, you know, well, like, that's... and I've got an eagle's eye view. And then the picture right below that is a guy looking at a piece of paper, or it looks like maybe a map or something, uh, wearing his his.
1: I, I am on eliminator. the Flexstream website also and never uh-huh. found a guy standing on a corner with a 230-degree wraparound.
0: Huh, okay. Well, I'll send you the picture that I got, and you can look at the
1: picture. Oh, oh, I do see something now. Experience max light coverage. Right. And yeah. The-
0: yeah, you're looking at it because I just sent you the same picture. So. No, I,
1: I I I haven't changed anything. I haven't looked at your recent. Send. No, but I,
0: I'm saying you you're looking at what I'm looking at. You read the words that are right above it. It's the same picture I just sent you. Yeah. So we are on the same page.
1: Okay. Yeah. okay. Can can you help me understand what that is? How how's how is, where's is that? Like it looks like there's flashlights out in front of them.
0: Those are eggs laying or something laying on the ground that are balls, so you can see the shadows coming from him. And then the oh. picture right below that shows him actually wearing the headlamp. And you can see it lights up all the way around. It's that full LED strip. So rather than having just a single source of light, it's got a, an array of LEDs that wrap around your head and gives 1,200 lumens off of that. So my, my only question would be is like I've used the other one when I'm working on the car sometimes to light down where I'm looking. Um, this one would probably light a little better in that it's not as directional. It lights better, you know, it's, 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 uh, I'm not sure for me anyway, in using one of these. And like I said, I use one right now, whether this, this more omnidirectional thing is, um, good or bad, you know, I don't know that I, I I want that any more than just having the spotlight that only goes where I look. Yeah. You know? Because those little LEDs are very bright, which means nobody's going to want to look at you. you know. Whereas the other one, I can yeah. kind, of, kind of look at somebody without pointing the beam right at their face. This one's not going to give me that flexibility. Yeah, it's, it's basically it's, just it's, going to light up
1: everything. You brought up an important point, and that is it's not for group use.
0: Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. If you're out with a group, everybody's
1: going to be blinding everybody. Yeah, that's that's, that's 120 lumen, 1,200 lumen, lumens. Lumens yeah and it lasts for eight hours on about one battery charge
0: which yeah well these little led things you know and then they use the uh, lithium-ion batteries uh to put behind them they put out pretty high intensity light for um uh you know a long period of time without using a lot of energy it's pretty amazing the technology how that's changed like flashlights i carry a small flashlight in addition to my headlamp i have a regular like flashlight that's maybe four inches long it's probably one of the brightest flashlights i've ever owned but it's this yeah, it's little a, four inch aluminum flashlight
1: that you know is built like a tank i i wish they'd use numbers they say it charges with lightning speed via usb's type c connection well what's lightning speed that would be instant touch it plug it in and unplug it i don't believe it yeah you know it, it takes minutes at least yeah Well, I've got a,
0: um, the one that I have is is a super bright headlamp that is rechargeable and works for hours on, on, it says up to 100 hours off of one uh, charge. And it is 360 lumens and can throw a light 87 yards in front of you. Yeah. Now, this one's 1,200 lumens, so it's, you know, four times that but but the lights go off in every direction they're not they're not directional so right but that's pretty pretty dang bright but like i said that also because it goes off in every direction also means that it's it's uh it's like in your face you know i mean it's you you don't want to like if you're in a group that's going to blind people um Maybe the leader yeah. of the group has that headlamp on, and the others just have directional headlamps or something. I don't know. Um, okay.
1: Yep. I, the sort of the the glossy view I had of this thing is, goes away when you think about using it around people. Yeah,
0: I um, am sending you a, a link to the one that I bought on Amazon, and it was recommended by a bunch of uh, people that are that do hiking and camping. Um, it was a group of people who have done, like, the uh, Pacific Coast Trail or the Appalachian Trail. And they've t- hiked, you know, they're through hikers. They hike the entire thing from beginning to end. So they're, you know, very light. They pack light, and they and they don't mess with things that aren't quality. And I thought, okay, they know what they're talking about when it comes to headlamps, and it was 30 bucks. So. Yeah. Yeah. You- you like it, huh? I like it a lot. I like it a lot. And I did, by the way, get the yellow one instead of the black one because I wanted something I could see in the bag to grab out. It's funny. Uh, things for my coaching swim bag and things that I put in, in, in my my pack nowadays, if there's a version of it that's a bright color, I tend to get the bright colors. It just makes it easier to find stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the The other question I have is can you tip that little thing that holds the, the light? Uh,
0: Down, so- Yes. On the you one know, that so I that have, it... it tilts forward. In fact, uh, if you have it flush with your forehead, it actually covers up the power button. The power button is underneath. That way it doesn't auto, you know, accidentally come on when it's in your bag or in your you know, pocket or whatever. And then you tilt it out, and it's tilted down just slightly when you're using it. Or you can tilt it down more. It it goes click, click, click to different levels. So you yeah. can point it down quite a bit for things. If you're, do, you're working on something and it's really close to you, then you want it pointing down in front of you more than out, you know,
1: uh-huh. from your head. Yeah,
0: and the inside of the strap is uh, has like a tacky rubber thing along the length of it that also makes it, you know, when you put it on your forehead, it doesn't slide around or anything. So, yep.
1: Yeah. Okay, well that's uh, interesting technology.
0: Yeah, and incredibly tiny and bright. Like I said, the 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 LEDs have just absolutely. Um, uh, rewritten the, uh, oh my goodness. So, um, the exact same headlamp that you just said that you sent that link to, uh, just so happens shows up on my Amazon page where the, uh, headlamp is that I, that I have and they're selling it for 20 bucks.
1: They're selling what for 20 bucks,
0: the 230 degree headlamp, the exact same It looks like the exact same one. I mean, it might be a different brand, but it's literally got the same photo and the same like lamp on the one side and the band across the front. I just sent you the link to that too. Okay. So, so whomever was selling that one for 50 bucks, uh, you can buy the same thing for 20 bucks at Amazon. So, wow. Um so the question is is now do you really want that wrap around versus the the Well it gives you a spot? choice.
1: I the, the one of the things I didn't understand is when you turn off or turn on the little spotlight does it turn the other one off? Yeah, well I
0: I would bet that you can probably toggle it uh you know either and or both. But um yeah. It has wide angle view which is 230 degrees or long distance in addition to wide angle, you can um, separate LED can light up to 100 meters. Uh, safety right. lighting light up the the user front ground and surrounding the user safely to avoid accidents. Um, so that tells me that it also allows you to to turn it on without turning it on full power. So you could have it on a little bit lower power to allow you to see. Um, yeah. But apparently there's a whole bunch of headlamps that have that. Um, that band of
1: LEDs along the front. So, yeah. so this, I think might be made by a different company. I don't know, but it, since it mentions Mac, Mac Fowley, I don't know what that means other than the brand name.
0: Yeah. I think it's just the brand name. Um, it looks to me like it's one of those devices that's made by lots of, uh, lots of different companies in China are selling this thing. And if you come back to buy it again, a week from now, it may or may not be here. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, because I mean, I, even some of the promotional photos—if you go on the Amazon page—they have the exact same photos. Hmm. So, yep. You know, they show the guy standing on the corner with the two hundred and thirty-degree lighting. Yep.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh huh. Uh huh. They actually show a full vision one of him show uh, with uh, uh, the guy showing the the lighting in front of him, and then the longer distance lighting out further. So, so well. Cl- cl- clearly you I, can control the the spotlight separate from the yeah. the array
1: i I haven't ordered one and I'm glad I haven't but given the price of 20 bucks I just may have to
0: <laughs> yeah well I mean you know if you have a need to move around in the dark ever this is a great way to do it because both your hands are free you know
1: well what I was thinking is is that when I'm out at, with my scooter at night you know it's got a headlight on it but it's you know, just a typical old style bulb yeah. or whatever. You know, yeah, doesn't really give adequate light. And yeah. And so, uh, I could wear this, and and people would certainly see me.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, you'd blind half the people around you, but but you know, when you, especially when you're, um, uh, I think, hooking it up to the back of your vehicle, and which means that you're in the street. You know, in order to hook it up to to come or go. From, yeah. from the back of your car, that's when you really you do want something like that that makes it very
1: clear that there's a human being there. I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone out in the dark. You know, my car is in the, is in the parking lot at church, and it's mm-hmm. facing the lights. But as soon as I go back to mount it, all the stuff behind the car, I can't see. Right. Yeah, you know? this
0: would probably be real handy for that, something like this. And in that particular use case, I think the, the wide-angle lighting probably makes more sense than the spotlighting. Yeah. You know, not that you couldn't literally the spot like I said, the spotlight is not like such a it's not a laser beam, you know. It's not like I see one spot out in the distance that's lit. I mean, it lights up right. everything around me too. So it's 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 a very bright light. So yeah, I can I can't speak for the the quality of the build of the McFally product, but I can of the Nightcore NU20. Um that one works really well and I've been very pleased with it and it holds a charge well um the only thing i would say about it is the the elastic band um you know i like to like kind of fold it up and it doesn't like pack down nice and tight because it wants to kind of stay in that oval shape of a head and so you know you got to have a pocket or something to put it into uh or some sort of a little bag or something otherwise it just keeps undoing itself and i'm you know i reach in my bag and there's this this big chunk of like um you know, right. el- elastic in there with a
1: light attached to it. Um, well, the the Nightcore is a is a th- thirty dollar one, and this other one seems to be more capable for twenty dollars.
0: Yeah. Well, so. capabilities. Like I said, uh, the only thing I can't speak for is the is the build quality. I uh, I know the Nightcore one is designed for and sold to people who do like uh, distance running and and uh, hiking and camping, so it's it's pretty ruggedized. But um, yeah. uh yeah. Other than that, you know. Yep.
1: Okay. Uh, so something to look at.
0: Anyway, yeah. Other stuff. Um, well, what else do we have? Ten reasons to stop using Safari.
1: Yeah, that Ooh. one kind of surprised me. I, uh, uh, you know, there, there were some of them in there that that uh, you you would expect. You know, just different capabilities and other devices. You know. If you if you really need those other capabilities, you should at least be aware of it. And so, uh, it, uh, it, it the basic thing was largely comparing it to the competitors and what right. one gives you and what the other one doesn't.
0: Well, it's like the first thing up. They're saying that oh, well, don't use Safari because you can get rid of this. You, know, you you get the dreaded memory error, and it uh, uh, or energy error. That's not a a bad thing that's a good thing it's telling you that a web page and safari does this that a web page is sucking a lot of energy very often you'll like load up web pages and then one of the pages that's running in the background starts running a whole bunch of of web code on your computer using up juice and by making that stop uh your your device then you know at least it tells you about it you don't have to stop it if you don't want to but at least you're aware of it you know that it's there you know, yeah. if you're running Chrome, it just runs in the background and kills the battery on your device. Um, yep. You know, uh, I would much prefer to be told, and I, then I can decide whether or not I want that page open. Maybe I need it open. Maybe I'm done with it, and I can close it down and and save myself a lot of energy, and my battery will last longer. I, I well, that's, I, that's, I, I re- I errors are not after, bad.
1: After reading all of these, it's basically that Apple has a different concept of whether or not they want to uh, make their browsers an easy way to do things. They much prefer specialized apps, and especially, you know, in their iWork arena, they don't integrate the uh, web thing in there at all because it's already there within each device or Mm -hmm. in pages, numbers, and Keynote, so that those work well together so you don't need to interconnect them or integrate them via the web. Yeah. Well they have web they have web versions
0: of them and web pieces that are do, interconnect and allow their communication. But you're right. They don't their idea is not everything should be web centric and, and Google's idea is everything should be web centric. But yeah. Google's idea is that everything you touch and do we should be able to see so that we can then follow you and, and understand more about you so we can sell ads to you. And Apple's is we don't care what you do and don't do. In fact, we, if you want to, don't have to share it with anybody else that wants that stuff like Google or Facebook. And so that's what they're, you know, exactly. the battle. <laughs> it comes
1: down to the philosophy behind privacy.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, they talk about, well, there's not very many extensions for Safari as compared to Google. Um, but there's, I would say, most of the key extensions, you know, if you've got like a uh, password, protector app, or uh, I use pocket, which is a page uh, scraper that saves pages for you offline. So if you find a page that you want to read later, you can tag it and and go back to it. Um, And uh, that's handy if you're traveling too, you can go in and tag a bunch of stuff and say, I'm going to read this on the plane. And then you don't have to have, you know, connection on the plane. Um, I, you know, I, I've never, I have, I'm a pretty solid Safari user these days and I have never regretted um, uh, that choice. There are yeah. On a rare occasion, I'll find a, a, a page that doesn't seem to load right or work right in Safari, and so then I switch over. But even then, even though I've got Google Chrome, I very seldom run it. I try Firefox first, and if that doesn't work, then I use Chromium, which is the open-source version of Google Chrome that doesn't have any of Google's tracking crap in it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know? or- I, I basically uh, was told that because our association was going to deal with this particular bank. And then I read that that they required that I have either the uh, Google Chrome or Microsoft uh, browser.
0: Right. And
1: first of all, I said, I'll never use any Google product. And secondly, I didn't really want to have to use the Microsoft thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. But finally, I ended up where I did. And... Because I raised such a stink, it wasn't very long, and the I, I wasn't the only one. The entire association went to a different bank where we could use Safari. <laughs> <laughs> bank you know? lost their business because so, they
0: were trying to funnel you down a, line, a, a, a road you didn't yeah. want to go.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I complained vociferously, and uh, people mm-hmm. took apparently up, it started thinking about it and talking about it, and
0: mm-hmm. pretty soon.
1: I rallied the whole community. <laughs> yeah, they said,
0: "Yeah, why are you forcing us to download apps that we don't want? Work with yeah. the ones we already have, you know?" And so, and I would bet most of them already had Chrome because that's the number 1 browser. So a lot of people probably had that already. But there's also a lot of people. If you're running a Windows system, you run the Windows browser, and if you're running a Mac system, you run the Mac browser. Well, so, you know, it's like there's just a ton of people who who would never think to go download a different browser. They just I, use the I'm
1: one. In, I'm in a community that people are embarrassed to to admit that they use Microsoft or Chrome because we're just we're just almost a hundred percent apples for people. You know. Yeah. It just I just I one thing I've noticed over yeah. the three years we've lived here is that. Uh, hmm. Uh, I think I've seen one surface uh device brought to a, a meeting one right. time.
0: Yeah. No, I, I know a few people who use the surface um uh laptops the that that you know or can also be tablets. Um yeah. you know, and for lightweight work they're great. They work they they're similar to the the um old MacBook Airs when they had Intel in them in terms of their processing power
1: and capabilities. They're they're sort of like that um, you know, Any, anyway, the other thing that I wanted to call your attention on this article, as soon as you get through it and you go past it next up, 10 reasons to stop using Google Chrome. <laughs> oh, is that the
0: next? Yeah. So they are just writing articles to, to
1: <laughs> and if I go further. There's probably 10 reasons to stop using edge. <laughs> yeah. Edge or,
0: or Firefox or whatever, you know, you know, the yeah. reason they said edge was because edge is, now uses Google's Chrome underneath it, the same Chromium web browser. But my guess is that if you didn't want to use either of those, you probably could have used Chromium, which is the open source version of that, which is the base code that then both Microsoft and Google write on. Um, yeah. And there's another one, uh, browser, that has gotten a lot of attention recently. It's called the Brave browser, and its icon is like an orange little lion's head. And it also runs on Chromium, but it's it basically follows the so, sort of Safari methodology saying we have the chromium engine underneath but our purpose is to not follow you and track you and copy you and so they do all their they try to be more secure but yeah. uh but i also still like to go to firefox because firefox is one of the few who has uses the mozilla engine underneath to render your pages so you know uh
1: chromium mozilla folks are, are still out there huh? they're
0: still there so i have firefox and so i you know uh and uh you know and safari uses um webkit and chrome is a fork off of webkit so but it's far enough away from webkit now that it's its own thing so you know i figure i've got the three major underlying engines by by having safari uh chromium and and firefox so if if it doesn't open one of those three web pages it's not going to open <laughs>
1: You know? by, by the way, when I dealt with a bank directly and actually got to talk to a lady one time, I yeah. I, I really derided the use of Edge <laughs> as the only browser that they supported.
0: Right. You know, and the problem is is she's probably not the one who makes those decisions. That's probably done by some corporate IT person. But, you know,
1: but but I was glad to see us move away from that, and I hope they lose more business because of it.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah, well, somebody needs to go back and talk to their IT department or their development de- department see, and say, see, see, guys, we
1: need to make a change. See, my attitude today is that I'm using the most popular computer in the world. It's called iPad. I don't care about Macs even. Yeah. I, I I just think that iPad is taking over the world in terms of use and sophistication. And, and if you don't work with it, you don't belong. Not on my in my business, <laughs> you know? Oh, I, you're I, such an elitist. You don't belong. I, I, I've, I've learned to be that way, you know?
0: Yeah. And it's, I use my iPad for a lot of things, but there are things that work better on the Mac, and I still use the Mac every single day. And so, um, you know, but I use iOS more than I use a Mac OS because of the combination of my phone and my iPad. Yep, yep. Absolutely, I do. But there are just some things. It's nicer to have a bigger screen. And I'm perfectly comfortable using my mouse and/ or trackpad. I yeah. did get it set up. i have a I have a trackpad on the left side of my keyboard and my mouse on the right side. and I actually use both hands sometimes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know? well, anyway it it used to be when it was the windows world that I understood the argument. you know if you really wanted to to uh, be able to connect to the world, you had to have windows, but uh it's not not at all true anymore. Yeah. No, I, I agree. In, in, in fact, in pure numbers, I think it's almost an order of magnitude more iOS devices than there are Windows devices.
0: Well, uh, if you're saying iOS including phones, then absolutely. Yeah. You know, there's there's iOS is is, you know, well, it's it's while it is worldwide second behind Android, it is far ahead of both of those are far ahead of any desktop operating systems in terms of use.
1: Yep.
0: So. Yeah. So, so Apple, uh, there they say one thing every Apple HomeKit owner should use, and it's free. And they're talking about a widget that allows you to put HomeKit stuff up on your home screen easily. It's called Home Widget. It's a dashboard yeah. for designing iPhone and iPad HomeKit widgets. So, uh, I
1: I know you're a HomeKit user, so I put this in here specifically for you. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I I mean
0: I don't know yeah. if they were aware when they were writing this, but it's your all of your HomeKit stuff, you can put that in control panel. So you can pull down individual devices or groups of devices in, in or scenes in control panel, and so that's a quick and easy access to all this stuff. So I mean I have yeah. some things in widgets, but I'm, you know, widgets take up a lot of space. And so I don't want to give up the entirety of my my uh front front of my phone to widgets. Uh, because I don't want to give up some of my apps, and I don't like ganging all of my apps. Yeah. So, like, the only widget I have on my home screen is I have a fantastic owl widget at the top that tells me in big, bold letters what the date is, what my next thing up on my schedule is. Uh, and in the corner, tiny, it shows me the high and low for today and what the weather's going to be with a little icon. So I can see it's going to be partly cloudy with a high of 83 and a low of 49. By the way, today <laughs> is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Oh, happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, everybody.
1: It's a lovely day.
0: Yeah, so it says on my phone, and it would never lie to me. So, you know, uh, if if you like widgets and you want to have a quick, easy access to your HomeKit stuff, then this sounds like it's probably a great thing to do. Um, yeah. If you don't want to download an app to manage this widgets and stuff, then I would suggest looking at uh, setting up your control panel, because you can get to control panel on the face ID devices by dragging down from the top right-hand corner, and it'll show you all your control panel's uh, connections, and or on the button phones, if you still have a phone with a a touch ID on it, you scroll up from the bottom to get control panel, Um, and from there, you can see, you know, whether you're attached, whether you're in airplane mode, whether you're attached, whether your device is muted or not, um, those are sort of the defaults. But you can also have HomeKit things in there. So I can, you know, if I regularly turn on or off a fan or want to, uh, like I think the the door that locks, I've got a, a HomeKit aware back door so I can hit that to lock it. Um, yeah. You know. I find that for a HomeKit, I actually use um, uh, Siri a lot. Um I, I, uh, you know, Hey, turn on lights in this room, turn off lights in that room, turn on fan, yeah uh, you know, close the blinds. I, I can say good night to Siri and it'll shut off everything and lock the door. And, you know, um, uh, it's just, I, I find that that works well for a lot of stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So, oh. and in my, in my control panel, the thing I probably use the most in my control panel is the uh, remote for Apple TV. I use the software remote built into my phone, as opposed to the physical remote, about 50% of the time.
1: For your Apple TV? Yeah. You talk to your Apple TV?
0: No, I said I use the remote app in the control panel.
1: Oh. In the control oh,
0: panel, that's I said the thing I use the control panel the most for is to to hit the virtual remote for my Apple TV. And that's I, right. And I
1: agree. It, I I'm the same. I, yeah. I like I I like that.
0: Yeah, I grab the Apple TV remote sometimes, but you know, sometimes I don't want to. I'll spend more time looking for where the remote is rather than just you know my phone's right here in my hand, so I just use my phone.
1: I I, I uh, use it because uh, my wife uh, uh, she she likes the mechanical one, but she can't right. find the mechanical one. She doesn't know how to use the other ones, uh-huh. and even if even with the mechanical ones, she forgets that it's a swipe thing on the top and then it also is a clicker you know of the of the on the uh, controller the mm-hmm. actual remote yeah uh, and so that works differently than the one you know on the
0: on the screen <laughs> it does it's it's slightly different um i mean the controls are you know you've got most of the controls there yeah but uh
1: but anyway uh very often she 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 uses it to uh she gets all her exercise stuff off of the apple tv Right. And so I'm sitting there with my iPad in my hand, and I say, oh, which one do you want, honey? And I can flip through it faster than I can explain, you yeah. know?
0: So yeah. I so just,
1: I just finally do that, you know?
0: Yeah. No, it's quick and easy to do. And if, like you said, if you've got the device in your hand, whether it be your iPad or your iPhone, or it's literally sitting right next to you, that's easier than going and finding the remote that's a, that only does one thing. So you don't necessarily always have that right there by you, you know? That's right. And as anybody who's had an Apple remote Knows it might be literally inches from you, down between the yeah. cushions. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. their devices. I I will say that the newest um, remote, the Apple remote for the Apple TV, has been a huge improvement over the previous one. Um, you know, instead of having one whole end of it being touch surface, now it's got the little disc that's a touch surface. Um, it's physically a little larger and a little thicker, so it's just it's easier to keep an eye on. Oh, but well, it's I, it's. I...
1: I, I don't have it, but uh, it lays up on the counter for my wife to use. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's where mine usually is, too. It's usually sitting over by where my wife usually sits. And so I, I grab it. I grab it when I come in the room and if I'm the only one there. But, uh, you know, if I'm already sitting down and I don't have it, then I don't bother going looking for it. I just use my phone.
1: Yeah. Uh This uh, might kind of feel like a... Uh, a good transition into another one uh, that I sent you up above. It says, how to use Siri to take photos with your iPhone? And I thought to myself, you know, just for selfies or something, or if you yeah. want to have a group and you put it on a tripod and you get back in the group, and then you just say, uh, hey, Siri, and then your command. Uh, oops. By saying, hey, Siri, it dimmed the volume of my hearing. Right. Go away, Siri. Yeah. Yo, Shlomo. Uh, anyway. I got rid of her. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Now I got my volume back, so I can hear. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I don't know
1: why it does that, but it does. Anyway, uh, this didn't work very well, and the reason it didn't is I had two devices, and and I thought I was talking to one, and it was always the other device who took the command.
0: Yeah, it's frustrating. That's one thing that you know they they try to be smart about that, but it's they don't always get it right. I can't tell you how often, and I guess it doesn't matter, but like, if I say, um, you know, hey, Shlomo, good night, and it starts shutting everything off, very often the the HomePod that's literally sitting in the room with me doesn't react. It's the HomePod in the den that heard me. You know, Hmm. it's around a corner and 20 feet away. But for whatever reason, that's the one that then responds. Now, when I'm shutting off the lights, it doesn't really matter which one responds back to me. But sometimes, you know, if you ask a question and the one down the hall's the one answering you can't hear the answer very well it's like but i asked it right here why is what? that you know or what? i've had it happen with my watch you know my watch will suddenly answer a question and i'm like well why are you answering that that's not you're not who I'm, <laughs> you're not who i'm talking to and it wouldn't matter except that siri's not the same in every device i don't care what they say siri in 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 my watch doesn't answer questions that siri in a home pod will answer yeah you know, they 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 call it Siri, but it's it's not the same everywhere.
1: Yeah, there needs to be some identifier because, see, I was sitting there this morning like a fool reading the directions off of my iPad that were in this little article on Flip It. Right. And and in my phone, I was going through and setting it up, as it said, you know, just following the right. directions. And basically you're building and, a shortcut. And, this
0: is what they're talking about doing is building a shortcut using the shortcuts app, which I've talked yeah. about before and I think is great. And this is a cool way to use yeah. it.
1: Yeah, shortcuts are great. However, there's another flaw to this one and that is as if you say don't store the the photo that's been taken, it gets it gives you an error message because it doesn't ha- not handle it properly in the shortcut. So anyway,
0: well, you just need to edit uh, your shortcut put some error so, handling in there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this is flawed in two ways. It doesn't really work right if you unless you can hide you know, you feel like a fool. I'm, I'm taking, I got, I'm holding the camera in my hand, you know, and aim it at something to take a picture and I tell it to do it. <laughs> and right. without doing the magic words, the, what you say is, is very clever. Yeah. It's, uh,
0: hey, Shlomo, say cheese.
1: Yeah. Say cheese. Yeah. Right. So, But anyway. if it's
0: trying to run that, that shortcut on a device other than the phone that you're holding in front of you, <laughs> yeah. it's and, like, and, well,
1: crap well and and i got this (laughs) let me tell you what happened i i then went and looked at photos and i had this gray photo and and it was because it took a picture with my ipad and i had it laying on my lap (laughs) right (laughs) it's it's like well
0: you know it's it's guessing right it says well i have two different devices here both of which have cameras on it we'll use
1: that one nope (laughs) You know, you'd think that they would have at least used the uh, vertical sensors so that something's not laying down. Right. You know, you're never going to take a picture. Yeah, they've got proximity
0: sensors on these things, too. It's like you should know that the the dark gray picture of my pants is not what I wanted.
1: Yeah, just just use a little information that's available there to decide whether or not you're going to use this device or not. Yeah. that, 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 That needs to be programmed in the shortcut. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, well, or
0: even just within Siri, it has the whole issue that that you it it does, you know, it it it's this sort of omnipresent right AI that's supposed to be able to have a conversation with, but it pops up on different devices. And yeah. knowing which device is the right device, that's a difficult problem, you know, but they've got lots of information and it, it seems like they're maybe not using all the information that's available to them in making that decision sometimes.
1: Well, you know it's just this specific app that requires that you hold hold your phone or whatever or iPad in a position so that you actually get a real useful photo you know <laughs> right,
0: but I'm saying that there's other situations where where I'm trying to use Siri to do something, and the wrong device is the one that's responding, and there's no real way for you to say, "No, no, not here over there, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I come into my house and say "Yo, Shlomo, play some music," generally I want it to play the music in the room that I'm in, not in yep. the not not the, the Shlomo in the device down the hall. Right. You know, I want the one here to play the music. This is this is where I am. Play it here, yep. um, and it still seems to struggle with that at times. Yep. Um, so it's a, it's anyway, a great technology that's it, still it, sort of in a in an infancy. It,
1: it, <laughs> it it's It's one of several problems that Apple has to solve, like the air tag problem we mentioned I think the last two or three shows yeah uh, this uh, article that I sent you doesn't say what the solution is, but that it's coming right so well
0: and and quite honestly i I think that the the news reporters right now are all being very disingenuous by like lambasting air tags being used to track somebody air tags yeah. the only reason that they know that air tags were being used to track somebody is because air tags well, have fe- because air tags have features to tattle on themselves if they're being used in ways that are not appropriate right. um, but you know you can go buy at target a, a tile for 25 bucks and throw it in somebody's car and track them and and it'll never tell them ever and
1: that's, that's right. been in
0: existence for years before air tags came out so you know I think they're already way ahead of the competition and yet they're the ones catching all the crap about it
1: yeah, Apple has done a public service here by telling everybody that what if you have a tagging device, you can be tracked with it.
0: Right. You know. Yeah, and in fact, they even you know put an app out on the Android store saying you know load this up because this will tell you if you're being tracked by an AirTag if you're an Android user. And yeah. so you know, I mean, they they went I think above and beyond the Call of Duty to try to make their version of this the safer one out there. Um, yeah. You know, and it just it just it's unfortunate that that's not how anybody in the news seems to decide they want to take it because that's not inflammatory enough of a headline, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, but um, that said, I still think that they're a major pain in the butt for not ever figuring out how a family works. And I know yeah. I've talked about that. You know, I, I it still is right. irritating to me that I can't go in and say, you know, invite my family to join ownership of this air tag so that they don't get annoyed by the air tags that are on the keys you know yeah. and they, they and then they should it should work exactly like that they have the option to take it or they can say no i, I don't want to be part of that air tag and any it's following me i want to know you know and it's like okay fine you know every time yeah. every time you take the keys it's going to follow you because
1: that's how you drive the car but yeah. okay you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, it's getting toward closing time. I, I wanted to leave the best to last here. I thought it was absolutely funny here the one the guy has a head Apple headset and it says you could check your home insurance coverage because if you go to that and, and play a video, there's this idiot with his headsets on standing up in the middle of a room and it's pretty obvious what he's going to do because there's a light that's not that much above him or under a fan. Yeah. And pretty soon the thing comes crashing down on his head and, you know, and absolutely what not to do whenever you have yeah. <laughs> artificial reality or any kind of uh, 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 device that obscures your seeing reality. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah.
0: if you're going to put in an artificial reality gaming room, you basically need a blank room with no furniture in it, maybe some padding on the walls, something to protect you from smashing out a window. Because, yeah. yeah, in your virtual reality, you don't see things like uh, ceiling well, fans and... You know, well, he's and, lucky he didn't turn and punch the TV. And,
1: and and at the end of the story, they talked about the the woman who leaned against a wall that wasn't.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Was it ragdoll mode activated? Where she she, uh,
1: in the virtual sure. world,
0: there was a wall there.
1: <laughs> I thought I thought that was funny. Yeah, I really did. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. So. Yeah. People can get real stupid about artificial reality well
0: and the thing is is you know i mean I'm, I'm not even picking on them as being stupid it's just that this is it it is a um you know it it is virtual and it's not something that you as a human being are used to dealing with and so right. yeah you need to set up uh a safe safe zone you know yeah even that woman that fell over had a pretty empty room but i'm seeing a lot of stuff in there that she could have banged into and tripped and You know, as she fell over, she hit her head pretty good against the wall. So,
1: yeah, uh, Yeah. well, that's the thing about about this is uh, that this kind of stuff uh, doesn't anticipate uh, the stupid stupid is the right word. There's just a lot of people that are not aware of what they're getting themselves into when they put it on. You know, they just don't understand that uh, how much they their Their physical body depends on being able to see and discern where right. things are and all of this, and that's all taken away from you as soon as you j- enter this new world mm-hmm. and, and so to to put any kind of thing out into the public uh that has those kinds of uh issues that people don't understand is basically inviting people to do to to do some horrible things including. You know, stepping off of cliffs, uh, being driving a car and drive it into somebody and kill Mm -hmm. kids and everything. Well, I mean,
0: this is right up there with with Elon Musk saying that he has full driving mode or full auto autonomous driving mode. You know, and that's what he calls the mode that is not full autonomous. That's right. And then and then throwing his hands up in the air going, well, we had disclaimers in there. It's like, well, don't call it full autonomous if it isn't. Don't call it what it is not. It's not just a name. That's descriptive, and you should be held accountable for it. And and you know now, what was it, the number one um, electronic seller over the Christmas holiday, or I guess it was the number one app was downloaded, was the one that works with um, uh, uh, Facebook's, um, uh, was it virtual reality thing, that's what that woman was wearing, the the headset oh. and handles that, that, uh, it's, I guess they've rebranded it from Facebook to, um, to meta now, but it's the, uh, uh, virtual reality headset, you know? And so now there's thousands of these things out in the world. Yeah. And yet how many of those people have, have really, you know, taken any effort to create a space in which you can do that safely? Very few. Most people just do it in their living room, just like you would, yeah. you know, plug in your, your video game. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah most living rooms, at least from my experience, have all kinds of things that you can trip over and fall over and hit bang into that would be unsafe. Yep. yep. You know? I remember when they first came out with the motion um the, the Wii uh first came out Nintendo with the motion sensitive controllers. And so people were waving their hands around and stuff and they would let go of the controller and it would then fly across the room and crash into and bust up their television set. You know, and so we very you know had big warnings. Make sure you wear the wrist strap when you put the things on, because if you let go of the controller, it will go flying. You
1: know, <laughs> um,
0: and you know you you would think that yeah. you don't have to say "Do not throw device at your television," but you know that's pretty much what they had to do. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. people get in, engaged in these things. They really get you know you, you you lose sense of reality when you're playing these games, which is part of the fun of doing them, right? But, um, yeah. but you it can get expensive and dangerous if you're not careful.
1: Oh yeah. So, yeah. I'm yeah, going
0: to suggest to you that you should go see, or you should go see, you, you you can get it at home somewhere, but go watch ready player one. You'll, you'll, you'll kind of enjoy it because it, there's a lot of retro references to retro things from the eighties, the games, the, the computer games that were out at the time. Uh, this is a movie. It's a movie, Ready Player One, and it talks about and, and the whole thing is based around this virtual world and how the it's it set in like the 2040s or something like that. Uh, but it's it's how how everybody has started doing everything online virtually, and so it's about that world and and the good and the bad of it and uh, and how how it could work because I think it, it's it's very clear that this is what Zuckerberg thinks. That Meta should be, and mm. so um, it'll give you a, a insight into to what a virtual world might be like. But then also um, uh, lots of fun uh, references to like eighties gaming and and Pong and and uh, yeah. and you know just early early gaming, electronic gaming, and electronic world. A lot of retro stuff in there, so it's yeah. cute. It's fun that way. It's done by Spielberg, so you know it's it's oh, a, yeah. it's a well structured movie that that has a beginning a middle and an end and La- you you... last
1: year's movie,
0: so um it was twenty eighteen I think, so it's been out oh. a while so oh, okay. yeah, so okay. I would recommend that as a watch it's uh it's very interesting, and I think like I said, it'll give you a good insight into kind of what Zuckerberg thinks virtual reality should be. We'll see if it uh, ever gets to that. but Okay. So uh, did we kind of talk through everything we wanted to talk about?
1: I see something you put in here called Second Israeli Spy Firm Used Now Fixed Forced Entry Exploit to oh, break yeah. into iPhones.
0: So, um, yeah, th- that was a thing that I put in, I think, after last week's show a little bit because we had talked a little bit about that. The, um, there was a company that um, Apple has uh, – taken to court, and they moved to fix their bug, but they were selling a, a hack to other countries on how to break into iPhones, and uh, Apple fixed that flaw in one of their more recent upgrades from the NSO group. Um, turns out that there was another company sort of flying under the radar that was also taking advantage of that and selling hacks to, to you know, state state agencies. And so uh, apparently both of their back doors have been, been blocked, at this point in time doesn't mean that there aren't other ones that obviously they're not going to talk about, but you know, it's always a cat and mouse game between the, the, the hackers and the, and the, and the OS developers as to, you know, where there's holes and what we need to do to plug them. So,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: But anyway, it was just, uh, it was interesting to see that, you know, there was NSO group was in the news a lot as having, you know, found this, this hack into the, into the iOS system security. And, Uh, And it was, you know, there were people found in the field that had had this software on their devices. They were being hacked. Um, And uh, and there was another company doing the same thing, just sort of, you know, making
1: less news about it. So. Yep. And Mac Daily News has a nice list of how to behave uh, as a user so that you don't get. Yeah, crazy things like
0: update your devices regularly when when new software fixes come out. I usually tell my family wait until I do it. I'll put it on my device and let it run for a day or two, and then I'll send them a text saying, "Okay, update." Um, you know, yeah. and but most of them keep it on auto update. So the only thing I would tell them is like if I used it for a day or two and found out that for whatever reason this update broke something else and it was a problem to say then turn off auto update until they fix this. But usually, if there's a problem, Apple's pretty quick about
1: like stopping the update until they can fix it you know so i I'm kind of surprised that this business of uh, passwords hasn't been uh, figured out and and resolved by Apple by now. you know they have a good means where you can manually check it, but it's still a very manual operation to uh, to uh Save the passwords and pull them up. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've kind of built
0: it into the browser or into the operating system now, so that they have a keychain uh, where they keep all of your your passwords. You can you know save them, and it auto and it the default is it will generate a random password for you. Um, so if you use that, then you've got. You know, pretty good, solid passwords in lots of places. Well, still using except
1: them. that more, mostly more and more that password doesn't work because it violates somebody's rules. First of all, it's too long for some. Mm-hmm. Some others, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, uh, it uses illegal characters. Yeah, some uh, places
0: don't let you use punctuation marks. Other places insist that you, know. you have to have a capital. So you know, letter. Yeah, I know.
1: And secondly, is if, if you ever have to fall back to a manual, you have no chance of ever uh, ever getting into that site again.
0: Right. Although you can go into your keychain and look at it so you can see what it is and type it in yourself.
1: Yeah, but you're probably not going to do that.
0: Well, I've done it. I've done it, but I'm not the average person. You're right. The average person's not going to do that. They'll just go make a new account. So
1: I, I have, uh, even with keychain, lost several sites one or two of which I really didn't want to lose, but I said, well, the hell with yeah. it, you know?
0: Yeah, well, most of the time you can also go back to the website and have, you know, you can say I've lost my ID or lost my password or lost my whatever, and they'll, you know, they'll go through yeah. some steps to verify you and then, it, then you know, allow you to go in and edit your account.
1: Now, the other thing that I'm really con- considering doing is I have... Uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, my e- email account is almost useless. I've missed too many important things in my email account. And so I'm going to create an email account that's just for important things. Yeah. You know?
0: Problem is, I think that you'll find that over time, that one is also going to become polluted. Oh, it will. crap, you know? It will. I um, switched my email primarily and, I, and to a company called Hay. So I use... Um, hey.com for email and they let you set up filters in fact they force you to set up filters when when you first when you get something first time from somebody so not only do you have your your inbox but you also have anybody i who's who's a first-time sender and the first-time senders you can say i want it i don't want it or it's spam and under i want it you can actually drop down and it has where do you want this to go they have three different basic places. You can create others, but it works pretty well for me. The inbox, which is uh, you know just your basic, this is the stuff I want to see. The feed, which is designed for anything that's like a regular news thing that you get. Like um, if you get anything that's like a, you know AP wire update for daily news, or I, I signed up for the post office to send me a here's what's coming in your mail today thing. So those go into the feed. I don't necessarily need to look at them all the time, but I can go there and read anything that I want that is something that I've you know, I've been getting as a read it thing. And then the last one is paper trail, and that's anything that's a receipt. So if I get a receipt for anything I've bought online or anything like that, I route it to the paper trail. And those are things that I generally don't need to look at, but if I want to find them, I click on the paper trail and I can go see them. Yep. And yep. and then and once you – so every time you get something new, you say – you know, you're in the screener. You say, I'm going to screen it, and this is what I want you to do with it. And then everything from that person from then on goes there unless I go and change it. Um, and then in my inbox, uh, I only get the things that I've already screened and said, yes, I do want to get stuff from them.
1: What's the name of the uh, spell out there? Okay,
0: so it's hey.com, H-E-Y.com. Now, I will tell you, it's not a free service it's an email service you have to pay for and, and it's not super cheap, but I just really like the way it works. It's made, it's, it's allowed me to get a handle on email in in a way I've never done before. Um, and I, um, took my emails, like I have four or five different emails from different places and I have them all forwarding to this inbox now. So I go to one place to get all my emails, um, and I see them all with the exception of my work email, which is a Gmail account that's specific to the school that I work at. And that one is separate. So I go, th- so I use two different emails, one for all my personal stuff, one for that, for work.
1: Um, you said K H E Y H E Y. Hey, hey. Oh. like, oh, Hey this- there. Oh, I got you. dot com.
0: So, okay. Like I said, it's, it's, it's. It's not a bargain basement thing, but it just, the sorting features make it so usable that um, I really like it.
1: Okay, I'll take a look at it. Because I've been thinking about doing this, and I'd just as well take action.
0: Now, I understand that you can go in and set up some other emails similarly, you know, by making smart folders and stuff. Yeah. This one is just all set up and done for you and works well. You know, it kind of forces you into working their way, but in doing so, allows you to create an inbox that's not just a pile of crap.
1: So, uh-huh. so. okay, well, anything else to talk about that we have left out? I, I think we pretty much covered it, as far as I know. I think so.
0: Uh, let's see. Oh, we already talked about the headset and the insurance. We talked about the Flex Beam. Uh, AWS database bundle for thirty bucks. Amazon Web Services database bundle well, on sale for thirty bucks. Oh, it's nine courses. It's an education class on database management.
1: I yeah, I just okay. thought that uh, if somebody's really interested in uh, in databases, I used to be. Yeah. And so I understand what they're all about. I'm I'm sure a part of this is just educating people as to how databases work and they're they're base, it's basically turned into a marketing tool for them. Right. And and I bet Bezos says, "You know, why are we charging $1800 for this when we want people to use it?" Yeah. You know? And so uh, they're now giving it away basically. Yeah. Uh, there
0: are lots of of online educational things like this. Um and you know they're a varying quality, but if you spend the time to actually absorb the material, then it's very useful if you've especially if you're trying to do any kind of data driven web development, you've got to have somebody who really has the expertise to understand how to set up that back end and a w s uh which is amazon's web services um is a one of the primary database back ends behind stuff out on the internet and so Um, understanding how that works and how to set up uh, a database that works off of their um, product bundle is, is valuable. So, yeah. Yeah. If you have a a desire to go learn something, here's, here's a great way to do it.
1: Yeah. Nine course bundle comes with 87 hours of instruction about cloud migration. In other words, how to get out of somebody else's system into ours, development ops what are, what are the uh, commands that you can use within our system to support what you're doing mm-hmm. machine learning uh, that's for the basics that a lot of people don't have Python of course is probably their their primary online language and a lot of people know that yeah so you know depending on where you're coming from how mm-hmm. what courses you need you could uh, probably learn a lot here
0: yeah i will say that uh for the cost of a 35 dollar um uh raspberry pi you can set up a, a a complete working system where you can do python development everything is built in so uh, yeah. yeah as well as classes on python I, I can't speak to the rest of this obviously not the the cloud work and the and the stuff that actually integrates directly with aws you going to have to deal with uh with Amazon for that stuff. No,
1: but, what uh, what was it, what were you talking about the uh, Pi system?
0: Oh, the Raspberry Pi has a full um, development environment for Python built in.
1: Oh, it's not connected to this. It's just
0: not connected to this. I'm just saying as a side, oh. you know, you 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 don't have to spend a lot of money to have a computer capable of playing around with this stuff. You could literally go right. buy a thirty-five dollar Raspberry Pi. And plug it into a monitor and keyboard that you already have, and you're rocking and rolling. And it's a totally separate machine that you could try anything you want on. And who cares? You can unplug it, reboot it. You know, you you don't have to worry about it messing up the machine that you've got to have to to you know like do your actual work on or anything like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I that's the only reason I put this in here is mm-hmm. that you know if any of our listeners are interested in database stuff, it seems like a yeah pretty good place to start.
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's like, you know, if it turns out not to be that valuable to you, you're not out much. Right. I mean, you know, right. 20 bucks or so, um, right. 30 bucks. So it's, um, you know, a lot of value in just the fact that there's not a lot of risk involved.
1: You know, go learn it, right. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, it. I, I think it's really an add to businesses again that have mm-hmm. uh, an application and they want to hire a number of employees that maybe don't They they don't pay too much, so they because they don't have that kind of knowledge, and they could go send them through this course for a few weeks, and if they can't uh, can't make it, then they're out, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's a a very inexpensive way to give other people opportunities if if they can do that kind of work. Yeah,
0: exactly. You know, I mean. For for twenty bucks, you could give your you know sit if you really are serious about it, could spend some time and give yourself an education on something that could allow you to change your uh,
1: your field. Because otherwise, typically the average individual uh, isn't going to spend a lot of money to go out and teach themselves to be a database uh, developer. You know, right, right,
0: yeah, no, but I mean, if you're one of those people who's doing shift work at an Amazon uh, warehouse, and you would rather get a job that you could then work at home instead of having to go in uh, and, then yeah. you, then, and, and then live on a beach, you know, in Hawaii while you're doing your work, uh, voila, spend yeah. 20 bucks and educate yourself. <laughs> if yeah. anybody does that, I want to know about it.
1: I want to hear that story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's been one of the real benefits of COVID. Nobody ever talks about the benefits of COVID, but one yeah. of them is the fact that people when they got laid off or whatever had to stop and think about what they were doing and what, what their real options in life were. Right. And it's changed probably well, 35 to maybe 50% of the people out there. Lots of people just are doing different things now or doing them in different ways anyway. Yeah. So, and, uh, and, and, and another major benefit is the fact that uh, gas consumption that was a pollutant in the air went down considerably small problems got solved, you know, <laughs> it's magical when you get people off the road, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, especially early on when we really locked down tight the first month or so it was like, yep. Hey, guess what? All of our air got cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> the ozone layer actually, uh, uh, got better. You know, it's like, Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And it happened in pretty short order. I mean, it was, shocking how how quickly the earth starts to bounce back once we just quit pumping all the crap into
1: it yes it did yeah um uh yeah now now we're going through the interesting phase of you know how do we get get around to living like this for the rest of our lives but but still uh covid's going to be around but in different forms you know right
0: yeah and if it's not covid it's something else so the question is You know, what's the, the, how do you want to live your life? I think a lot of people are making, asking themselves that question, whereas before they weren't, they were just tacitly going along with everything. Right. And now there's a bunch of people going, well, wait a minute. Do I really want to get up and drive into that place to do work every day? You know, I found out I could do this other way. And then I actually, you know, have a relationship with my kids and, and I, I eat better because I've got a full kitchen to eat from instead of whatever I could cram into a box or a bag and haul with me or, you know, get from the fast food place. Next yep. to where I work, and so you know, it's 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 just opened a lot of options for people. I think yeah, we're going to see a, a major change over the next uh, decade um in in the work experience that a lot of people have. Yeah, so, yeah. As you and I talk here, sitting in our comfortable chairs,
1: yeah, recording our
0: podcast <laughs> at home. Yeah. Of course, of
1: course, I was already retired, so I, it didn't happen yeah. soon enough for me. Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: true. That's true. It's sort of simultaneous with my tired. I'm not retired. I'm just tired, but I'll get to the retired eventually. I'm sort of semi-retired is how I call it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I still work outside the house, but... Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you have a good day, Todd. You too. You too. Enjoy.
0: And we'll be back again next week. We want to remind everybody that we are part of the Shack Back Network, and we're not the only podcast here. We also have Two for Brew and Two Minute Tech. We suggest you give them a, a look and see what you think. or Give them a listen. Giving you a know, look wouldn't help with an audio podcast, would it? <laughs> have a great
1: Thanks. week. Yep. Everybody, bye-bye.
0: morning to you or late morning for you i guess huh
1: <laughs> yeah yeah huh? it's about about 11 yeah not, oh, it after it's 11, after
0: 11 it? yeah 11 15 it's uh but uh still morning we haven't we haven't gotten all the way to afternoon yet
1: okay i'll begin my migration here okay <laughs> my room is such a
0: mess now i hate to go in there you, you say that every week, and yet another week's gone by, and you haven't gone in and picked it up. So It must not bother you that much.
1: <laughs> Don't, say that. Don't say that too loud, or Mom will hear you. <laughs> I heard it. Nah. She heard you. She heard you.
0: Yeah, I heard her. Yeah, you know, it's funny. My little office is the same way. You know, it's separate from the house, so it's not as bad as it used to be but it's just it's you know stuff collects and every once in a while i just go like ah and i you know clean it enough that it's functional but i it's it's for for whatever reason you know stuff keeps getting stuffed out here you know when something's happening
1: yeah well mine's getting to be non functional
0: yeah now yeah, mine is is i mean it's never been you know neat and and pretty uh but it's it's been less cluttered at times and right now it's just sort of in one of those transitional times where i have i've recently thrown a bunch of stuff away but then everything else is just kind of sitting out and i haven't put them back where they need to go yet
1: yeah that's the big
0: trick is finding where everything needs to go
1: yeah yeah that's well it's a time-consuming job and uh It's not fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it is in the sense that I, you know, I discover stuff that it's like, oh, that's where that is, you know, (laughs) that kind of stuff, you know, Uh, or, you know, very seldom do I run across something I didn't remember that I had, but I very often run across things that I haven't seen in a while because I didn't realize it was, you know, under this pile over here. So.
1: Yeah. Well, the problem for me is that things like I wanted to play the piano the other day, so I just stacked up some put one pile on another pile and put it on a dining room table
0: right so that you can get to the keyboard
1: mom mom's not going to let me leave it on a dining room table very long right (laughs) yeah
0: exactly it's you know it's it's there's that that philosophy right is everything has a place and if you don't have a place for it then you have to make decisions about what stays and what goes but everything should have a place so everything should go somewhere but the problem is is i don't have enough somewhere's for all of my stuff and so i have to then make a lot of hard choices
1: yeah yeah so the other thing that's really disturbing to me is things like for for some strange reason an outlet on my wall stopped functioning my printer quit and i couldn't figure out why mm-hmm. well finally i figured it out no no juice
0: no, no power in the wall there huh yeah which means probably you know poorly put together it you know usually when they when the electrician is screwing the socket into the line that's yeah. the place where it's going to have problems is that connection
1: yeah and that same outlet is has got you know there's two outlets for for the side thing here one of them works and the other one doesn't now mm. the one that the one that's still working is my internet all right. my internet equipment
0: well yeah. isn't uh isn't that one switched are you sure you don't just have it turned off
1: uh I've thought about that, but I I don't think so. Um, but if, well, There's if, one
0: that's kind of behind your door that I know that the, the switch on the outside of the office can turn on and off.
1: That That's true, but this one's clear on the opposite side of the room.
0: Yeah, I don't know. And it
1: was, it was underneath the table. I had to take all that apart to get us cords were tangled and stuff. Right. First, I had to take the printer off and all this junk. And so now I've got it exposed so I can dig in more. Yeah. But, uh, uh it seems I,
0: like with an office, too, much like workshops, you can never have enough outlets. I mean, cool. I literally have an eight by ten room, and so it's not a big room, and I have two, if not four, outlets on every wall, all the way around right and and something's in every one of them. In fact, on several of them, I've got things splitting it off into multiple things,
1: yeah. Yeah, you know, I've got, and and mul- still don't
0: have enough outlets. I've
1: got multiple extension cords. I've got yeah. so many, you know, it's it's just confusing. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I sit down in here, and it's like I've got, you know, a uh, <laughs> keyboard controller that's for music and another keyboard for music, and then I've got my computer, and then I've got like five computers behind me, and I've got a mixing board, and then I've got powered speakers and a scanner, and, you know, and you start adding it all up, and then multiple charging blocks for You know phones and ipads and those kind of things that i charge up when i'm in here you know it's just you know and an air you know air cleaner and a fan and uh you know i mean just you just go everything in here about needs to be plugged in in fact i I think about i'm sitting inside of a tin shack with a whole bunch of electrical stuff i'm probably getting all kinds of emf radiation who knows you know well you know what that does to you over time who knows
1: I, I I just noticed a message from you That you've been calling and no answer I I don't understand that The phone was yeah. laying right by me And there was no ring
0: Yeah, I, it was ringing at this end And then I was getting a bunch of weird Like static on the line and stuff So I hung up, waited a few minutes And then tried again
1: Oh, so. I take that back It wasn't ringing What I actually finally heard Was the vibration mm-hmm. of the phone And the flash on the light Kind of showed through Because I have yeah. a light flasher Okay, I had the ringer on. That's right. That's, okay. Anyway, yeah. let's do this thing. All right. Did you see all this stuff I've sent out this morning?
0: I did. I've opened up web pages for each of them. so let me do our intro and then we'll go from there.
1: Okay.